1: but I need five freelancers to make it happen. I said, sure, let's chat over
0: coffee. With Export Development Canada, risk doesn't stop you. EDC, take on the world. Tap into free content for e-commerce businesses looking to streamline operations and win over customers. Reports, ebooks, and webinars, Canada Post created it all for you. Download one of our free resources at canadapost.ca forward slash content. The Canadian Export Challenge and the Startup Canada Awards are coming to a city near you. Entrepreneurs in Vancouver, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Mississauga, Montreal and Fredericton have the opportunity for a full-day entrepreneurial experience. In the morning and afternoon, attend your one-day global accelerator where you will connect to Canada's entire trade, export and growth ecosystem. Accepted entrepreneurs have the chance to pitch to win $25,000 in cash and up to an additional $100,000 in in in-kind scaling support. In the evening, celebrate the winners of the 2019 Startup Canada Awards who are driving innovation and growing the economy in your region. Register for the Canadian Export Challenge at startupcan.ca forward slash CXC and get your tickets to your local award ceremony at startupaward.ca.
2: To give you a first hand glimpse into the future of Canadian business, it's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast.
1: million entrepreneurs don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes Google Play Music and wherever else you listen to podcasts really excited to bring to you something special that I've been working with and that's a community a new community where we're engaging online with entrepreneurs from around the planet. And I invite you to join me. All you have to do is go to the link www.headspacefe.com where amazing conversations are happening with entrepreneurs. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Startup Canada Podcast Show. I love this show so much because we get to talk to really, really cool, amazing people. But the gentleman that I'm going to talk to now, well, I'm going to call him a dating specialist because today we're just thrilled to have on our show Greg Henderson. Greg is a certified international trade professional and founder and president of Channel Spark International, whose passion it is to explore new countries. Countries and cultures, and to use this understanding to build business relationships around the world. Hence the dating specialist I reference. With over 25 years of experience as an international business development specialist and working with partners and staff in over 60 countries, that's right, six zero, Greg understands international. I think that'd be a great uh, tagline for your business, Greg. Greg understands international. <laughs> Through his experience with companies in technology marine food and beverage, and manufacturing sectors, as well as with government trade associations, Greg has developed strategic insight in analyzing a company's product or service and identifying an effective map for expansion that fits the company's needs, budget, and abilities. Greg has designed and developed dozens of uh, successful partner programs, some up to 400 partners in over 50 countries. Oh my gosh, that's that's a NAFTA model. Having worked with economic development agencies, Greg has delivered seminars and training materials on how to expand a business into international markets and has the experience to help companies determine their export readiness and development export plans. During his career, he has lived and worked in Germany, the UK, and the Netherlands and And He currently resides with his wife and two children in Abbotsford, British Columbia. Greg, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show.
2: Hey, thank you very much for having me.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a great conversation, and I'm serious. This is—I mean, I've always said, Greg, that that business all it is is just understand a dating game. But your ability to dive in deep and understand those key components of making a not in a relationship, but a very complex relationship work is absolutely incredible. Just talking about it. So, at the end of our discussion today, sir, what are you hoping that our listeners walk away from and say, ah? That's cool. I want to follow up with that guy.
2: Well, I definitely hope that you know, they get some basic steps that start them on their exporting journey. I mean, that's everything I've been doing for 25 years is to try to convince companies in Canada that they can do this, whether it's services or products. They can look at international markets. They can reach out, create relationships, and do sales. Um, there are a few that may not. But for the most part, I think Canadian companies are capable and ready to do it. And if they are interested in starting that process, hey, I'm really happy with that.
1: Yeah, well, cool. One of the things we're going to do is uh, make sure that uh, all of our guests. This is business. This is entrepreneurship. This is uh, growth for Canada, and and uh, we're going to make sure we get them lots of opportunity to know how it is to get to get connected with you. Um, before we get started in in uh, in the deeper problem elements of uh, you know the 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 keys to exporting and so on. Greg, um, I'm, and I, I heard I heard something the other day that referenced the point. If we don't get ready to export or get more aggressive or get more innovative in exporting to other countries, then we better watch out because we may not be going to them, but they're coming to us. Can you talk about that level of importance or urgency to 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 get focused on the world versus Canada?
2: Absolutely. I mean, I think you've probably heard it said that you know you set up a website, you're international. Whether right. that's true or not, uh, essentially you are in in a sense you know, projecting yourself out into an international market. Um, We've signed a couple of very large trade deals in the past couple of years. Um, Canada is at its core, I believe, uh, uh, an exporting nation. But Uh that being said, there's quite a bit of dependence on our neighbor to the south. And we have an opportunity both through, you know, let's say our history with the Commonwealth all the way through to our diversity to be able to connect with practically every country in the world. Um, yet there's only about 15,000 companies in Canada that are exporting right now, and half of those are going to the States, and wow. not going outside of those two countries. Whereas we have about 300,000 that could, technically, you know, through either learning or pushing a product out, get on board with exporting. And those are the numbers that you know move the needle. That, that's what you know the federal government's looking for when they're saying, "Hey, exporting is increasing." Not yes. necessarily hundreds. We're looking at thousands. So how do we get? thousands of companies interested in exporting and it's hard i mean you know sometimes it's really about not being aware of of your own capabilities and sometimes it is heavy competition Uh, but i think canadians and canadian companies are clever enough and they're you know the products are unique enough to really make an impact on international markets i really do
1: so let's, uh, and, and ultimately it ultimately comes down with education. And of course, as you said, with the website, it, it's, it's a simplistic uh, reference point, but it's absolutely true. I mean, with technology these days and uh, distribution systems associated with that, you can really go anywhere. So what's, what are some of the keys to, to exporting? Let's get down to those, uh, you know, the basics A to Z. What are the, if you're working with me as an entrepreneur and you've got uh, you know a little bit of time, can you give me? Some highlights as to those keys to success, those must-haves.
2: Yeah, um, I, I'm going to start with the, the really boring stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. Well, that the means we're going to end up with some really exciting yeah. stuff. Then, <laughs> so
2: we'll, we'll build we'll build the exciting stuff. <laughs> the, the reality is, is that you know I'm a firm believer in what's called an export plan. Yes. So this is a documented, you know, structured, step-by-step approach to how you're going to go from, am I ready to how am I going to do customer care in you know, Germany? Um, and the export plan is built on top of the business plan. And, you know, for good or for bad, you have to have that business plan in, uh, you know, and far enough along to really be able to then take the elements that are then applicable to the export plan. And it's funny, I do training every once in a while and I ask, I say, you know, how many people in the room have the business plan done and up to date? And then maybe only 30% might actually put their hands up. So, you know, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're, you know, TELUS or whether you're a very large organization, it, it's still you need something that documents the path, um, so that's to me is the starting point. Understand that you're going to be adding in the things that are you know you're going to discover about your company. Then you're going to ask yourself, Am I ready? Do I have the talent? Do I have the capacity? Do I have my marketing message lined up? Do I understand who my customer is? It sounds like marketing one hundred and one, and again, that's essentially what you're doing. Is you're taking some of that from the business plan. From there, it's really about Which country is the best fit? And then how am I going to get to that particular market? And what do I need to change? And is that change so expensive that maybe I step back a year and redo the product or whatever is necessary? And then eventually say, okay, now I'm going to enter the market. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a logical process. And it's great to have that all documented and written down, right? Because then you can update that as you go along. And everybody in the organization knows what you're doing and, more importantly, is 100% behind you in knowing what you're doing.
1: Yeah, that's very interesting. I was just talking to somebody a little earlier about the, the mission of of their company, and as they're growing their company, they need to have their team not just bought into selling their products, but also into the mission that the team is on, which is ultimately uh, designed uh, through that business plan you referenced. I, I want to talk a bit about the countries, because it, it's, a, it's a very interesting point you brought up, because the natural inclination is for Canadians to say, I'm just going south. Well. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean that's the best market for them to go in it just is you know the the, uh, the the best looking one but not necessarily the best one how does how does an, an exporter start what are the tools that might be available they understand their business plan but they're now at the point where do i go amongst this great mm-hmm. big world what's, what's what are some of the things you suggest they do
2: yeah that is and to a certain extent that's the hardest thing to determine straight off the bat well, let's face it the american market is very attractive Right. It's 10 uh-huh. times the size, lots of customers, but it's also very hyper competitive and it's a challenge to enter. So essentially, you know, in order to determine which market is the best one to go into is kind of a combination of three things. One is, is that your product is unique in a way. Right. You know, there's a reason why your domestic customers are buying it. Yes. Um, does that does that uniqueness translate into international and you that that's kind of a sounds mm. a little bit hokey you know pie in the sky but the reality is you have to understand whether your product is a paper clip or whether your product is i call it you know maple syrup sugar cookies mm-hmm. of which let's face it there are not a lot of markets that have that yes from there you have to understand you know which market is to a certain extent the easiest to enter Um, Sometimes it is your Commonwealth countries and it's, you know, they have a large enough population, but there may be markets that just don't have enough buyers, right? Right. Yes, they have large populations, but they aren't necessarily going to be able to buy a premium product that they're willing to pay a lot of money for. And then, of course, the third then becomes, um, how much do I have to change in order to be successful in that market? It's one thing to kind of relabel for Australia, it's another to completely especially a software product for example to completely rebuild that for the Japanese or the German markets yes where you know localization then becomes actually more expensive than you know the, the return on investment for you know two three years that's that's a big choice yes. so you know that's kind of where you have to start you have to say listen you know why do customers buy that product what is my special sauce what is my unique value statement? Obviously, you have to be able to explain that, too, and we can talk about that a little later. The second is, you know, kind of which market is the easiest to go into. Let's narrow it down. Let's assume that China's tough, UK is easy, (laughs) if just for lack of a better way to kind of approach it. Sure. And then the, the third is to say, how much do I have to change? How much of my, do I have to rebuild my website all the way through to, you know, I, there are labeling requirements that I've never have, had to do before.
1: Right. And that's right. going to
2: take me six months to get a scientist to, to approve that. And then somebody's going to put a check mark next to it. Once you have those done, you're going to have taken 160 to 180 countries and you're going to narrow it down to about five. Wow. Trust me. Because what's wow. going to happen is you're going to say, I can really only do these types of countries, and right. it might only be South Africa, Australia, you know, New Zealand, UK, just by default, just given your ability today to be able to export. Right. Um, but that being said, you can, of course, build your export plan to plan to enter the market that is the most opportunistic for you. I love specific that word. to your product. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, it's funny. We've done a couple of studies um, recently where, especially in the food and beverage space, and I do a ranking system and I use an algorithm and it actually <laughs> ranks the countries based on your product and sector. And surprisingly, South Korea and Vietnam have started coming into the top three. Wow. Why? Because there's a free trade agreement now with both countries they have large populations that are really ramping up consumption. Yes. They love new things, that they love spicy things. They love things that are different. Because they've had, you know, perhaps in the last hundred years, they've had their particular types of foods and beverages, but they're very fascinated. Vietnam's one of the fastest growing dairy consumption markets in the world. Wow. And so if you have any product that has cheese, dairy, yogurt, yop, things like that, they're actually really going to be interested in it. So I would have thought, you know, a new food and beverage product, Europe, you know, Australia, perhaps, you know, in certain markets, Uh, but I've been pleasantly surprised. And those are fun, exciting markets to go into, trust me.
1: You know, it's, it's a couple of things come out of this. Is one, I just love that you said fun and exciting because it should be fun and exciting as part of your journey. So, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, it's the Disney World opportunity, right, in uh, the Epcot Center to really yep. go and do some cool things in there. You mentioned about how to explain your product. Um, let's take your example of the UK and China. How would you, what would you, what's the kind of the high level discussion on explaining your product in those markets? And and you're going to talk about how one is different than the other, but I want people to get a sense of what you mean by explaining your product as it relates to two different cultures, countries, and so on.
2: Yeah, so what what we do, uh, at least from a training perspective, is, is that we work on something called a value statement. I'm quite sure everybody knows what that is. Essentially, you have to be able to explain what you do in under 30 seconds in an extremely clear and concise way that educates somebody with potentially with English as a second language on what you do and why you are of value to them. Why are they going to purchase from you rather than from you know the company down the street who speaks their language and has been in that market for for 20 years, right? So. Uh-huh. We tend to try to go through that value statement first, and especially in technology, you'll see a lot of value statements that are, well, they, they kind of float in the sky. You know, We solve yeah. our customers' problems. We, yeah. you know, yeah. we, we answer our customers' dreams. And, and the reality is, but what do you do? And right. sometimes I have Where's to argue the value? With, yeah, I have to argue sometimes with these, with these companies and say, well, that's, that's not why your value. So, you know, we produce a unique specialty flavored, you know, candy that is loved by children between five and six that is healthy for them. OK, now we're starting to get into, sure. the, into the value statement. And it's from there that you have to then look at the market and say, OK, well, does that value statement, um, does it have resonance in that market? So what you need to do is research your competitors, right? Because you need to know what they're saying. And you need to see in that market, you know, what do they call things? Um, You know, nice example. Mac and cheese is a North American phrase, whereas the UK call it cheesy macaroni. Right. Right. So if you approach the market using, you know, jargon, for example then your value statement isn't as clear and they might not even know what it is. Mm. So you have to kind of understand how they talk about your product, understand your competitors and how they project the product. And then you have to make sure that your value statement is in line with that particular market. If you're really good, you'll have one value statement for the world. It's very clear. Um, But sometimes we're just not that lucky, right? So it's at that point you're going to start to understand whether or not that, you know, what you do in your uniqueness really plays into that market. Um, A nice example is a technology where uh, a simplified user interface is extremely valuable. There are some markets where if it's not simplified and it's not mobility, you won't even get into that market. So that's a nice example of kind of how you're looking at that and seeing, do I have that value and, you know, do I project that value? Um, If you're not mobile enabled or you're not capable of running your application directly through a phone in, say, for example, Korea or Japan, you won't even get noticed, never Mm. mind being crushed by your competitors. So, Mm. you know, you have to understand kind of why you're unique. And part of that is understanding why your customers buy from you versus buying from your competitors. And that's where we get into the maturity of the business plan, because if you don't know that, you have to research it Mm -hmm. to get out there talk to your customers mm. try to figure out why are they buying from you because right. if the answer is because you're the cheapest that's bad it's real bad <laughs> real bad there's yeah there's somebody out there in the world that's going to be cheaper than you are trust me trust me yes. <laughs> you know i've seen some of this stuff so it, to me that that's how you start that process then research mm. past that to validate you know what it is and is there enough buyers and do they like chocolate? And what is the consumption rate for chocolate? Those are all stats that you can gather through research that kind of further validate that particular market. But it's the, uh, fun.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the same, uh, you know, w- when we think of going into other markets, we think of just language. You know, I've got to speak Chinese. i got to switch this to UK, if I could say that. But uh my, what I love what you said. You have to understand the language of value first, and how to convey that in a way that's re, uh, that's embraced by the culture, the the country itself, and then worry about the, the the concerns of details of language. But if you don't have the value proposition, the value language there, then forget it. It's not going to work. I got to ask you a quick side question. You lived in Australia for a while. Um, did Boy. they have <laughs> right on my 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 son's actually down in Melbourne Melbourne now I, but I gotta ask you, did they have rice bubbles when you were there?
2: Uh, they did. it wasn't at the top of my list of fun things soon <laughs> but, but, um, but that and Vegemite that's it, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: well the rice bubbles if I remember correctly uh, when I saw it I traveled around with a bunch of Aussies when I was in Europe one year and the rice bubbles was exactly the same except it was, it, it, sorry, it was exactly the same as our rice krispies except it was called rice bubbles mm-hmm. and I, I think that's another reinforcement of those little intricacies that could <laughs> totally throw that's you out nice. Because of a word, Crispies
2: that seems to work there. Australia is is a great market and it's a fun market because they're much more open to you know being a little bit out there when it comes to you know either marketing or describing products. They're they're in a sense, and not all of them are like this, but they're in a sense they're the opposite of the UK, where they tend to be a bit more conservative and Mm. they appreciate the professional approach from marketing. Mm. If if you take the name of a product and you put an yo on the end of it, you know, a your yo-yo or something like that. The, the others will love it. And, and that is, a, it's an important thing to take into consideration from a branding perspective. Uh, you know, if, you're, if your brand and your product name doesn't fit the market for any reason, you really have to think through how you're going to deal with that. Um, <laughs> there are too many you know, those marketing courses that always say these, these big, huge mistakes that were made in naming a, a global product. Yes, and yes. I, I, you know, I'm not going to go through them, but that's exactly what you're looking at when it comes to some of these markets. Um, you may have to change the name of your product. And that's no easy thing, right? So. Yes.
1: Well, it, I, remember, I don't know if you remember the song, Here We Go, Here We Go, Here We Go. I don't know why I'm even going into this, but that's, that's why I love the Aussies. They have fun with the song that says, Here You Go, Here You Go, Here You Go. It's the same three words. Great people, lots of fun. Um, I got to dive into the conversation, and, and we could have some side conversations on the world of Oz. But uh, I got to dive into you know that, that point where you would say to a company, okay, gang, I think you're now ready to start developing your export plan, export roadmap. Mm-hmm. Is, there a, is there a light bulb time that you would recommend that people start to consider that that part of their business plan?
2: Hey, absolutely. Um, and in fact, we have a training program that you know the first half of it is really self-assessment. Right. It's export readiness. And you're going to ask Mm. kind of the the five core questions. Um, Do you have somebody on staff that has experience with international? Right. Probably the first one. Now, you don't need that. But that being said, you know, that's like saying, okay, do you use a professional accountant or just somebody that kind (laughs) of understands FreshBooks? It's it's, a great point. I can I can get done in an hour what sometimes it might take somebody you know a week or even two weeks especially with research. Yes. Um, you have to ask yourself, and this is very applicable to startups and, and entrepreneurs. You know, if the is that international person or the person going, you know, running exports also the founder and the CEO, hmm. and how much time does he have to dedicate to what is going to be a fairly time consuming process? You know, right. trying to figure out if your product fits. Germany. And, you know, you've heard stories about, you know, the founder leaves the building for two weeks and sales go down by 25%. And yeah. then he comes back in. And And part of that is, you know, the fact that, you know, sometimes the founder in a small organization is the glue that holds everything together. I'm yeah. always one that says, listen, I recommend even if you have to rent them at, you know, five or 10 hours a week or, you know, go with a consultant, it has to be somebody that's focused on it that doesn't take away in a negative way from the activities that the management team is is focused on. Um, this is very true in a startup, right? Mm-hmm. You really have to get some stuff done and get your run rate up and get your customers in the door. From there, it's really about then saying, okay, well, you know what, that person can do this. They can dedicate the time. We have the money to dedicate budget-wise. Um, then it's about capacity. And I've, I've seen this a couple of times, and it, it's scary because you get started into a market, and then, you know, you quite literally become too successful for your own good, mm-hmm. right? Suddenly, you know, you, you've latched in, and then you're working with a really large retailer in the United States, and then he orders 10 times more than you've ever made <laughs> in a year. Um, I've seen companies actually withdraw from markets because they couldn't, they couldn't deliver Sure. Um, so capacity is something to say and again, part of your business plan. you know right. I can handle 15% growth if I got a really big Kong you know contract. Um, I could handle 50% growth. I love the conversation to start with. I just built a new factory. I need as much (laughs) new sales as I can possibly (laughs) run through the door. Because those are great conversations because then they don't stop with, I can only afford to do one trip into market or something.
1: Yeah, right, right, right. Um,
2: And then you start the investigation on, you know, okay, what is it that I do? What is it that I'm really, really good at? Why do my customers love me? What does my marketing say about my company? Do I have to redo the website? Nine times out of ten. You got to redo your website for international because you developed it thinking of somebody in Toronto. Sure. And now you have to, you know, develop it thinking in terms of somebody that knows very little about kind of the references that you're making to your, you know, the cultural backdrop being a being a Canadian. Um, mm. I think that's kind of half the export plan right there because it tells you, you know, what you do and who you're looking for. What's your perfect customer? Everything past that is research. It's all research. And I hate to say, you know, boring, boring, boring. But, you know, you got to do your homework. You got to figure out which market is the market that's going to be the easiest to enter, yet have enough customers, potential customers, to be able to justify any spend and, you know, six to nine months of developing a relationship with a distributor or whatever. You know, does it justify all the time and effort and you know, sweat and tears moving into a new market? Because most times moving into a new market, you're, you know, you're slogging through mud and dealing with competition and dealing with, to a certain extent, a mistrust because you're from another country. And again, you've got that local competitor. And, and so to me, that's all the stuff that happens after you've started developing the export plan. You know you're good to go when your customer message and the reasons they like you will play in different markets and you've confirmed that through basic research and you know internally that you can handle the growth
1: Is this is this is does this tie into fit f-i-t-t that Mm -hmm. acronym that's uh so are there any other common pain points or frequently asked questions that you say i need this audience to know about
2: this yeah. Well, I mean, I will definitely, you know, say that uh, EDC and Fit have created a partnership where they are presenting, you know, education to any company that is is looking to export. Um, so Fit is essentially a degree program, and for some companies, um, having somebody on staff that actually is certified. Is a certified international trade professional um, and understands, you know, international trade, you know, as as a graduate. Um, right. There's a reason why you have that position. Uh, a nice example of this is a larger organization that has 20 different products and then needs to carve up the products specific to different regions. Well, this isn't normally something done by, you know, let's say a junior salesperson or an introductory marketing person. Uh, because you're dealing with margins, you're dealing with logistics. how do you incorporate the cost of, of duties within certain markets? Maybe some markets are worth it because they're premium and they focus on you know consumption of premium goods. That's where having that deep and broad education that fit gives you is a, a, a you know a, a plus for a company because now rather than saying I've got a guy that can do international sales, you've got somebody who can strategically construct an export plan on behalf of the company on a daily basis over and over again in multiple markets so with some start startups or with some smaller organizations you might not need somebody with with uh, the CITP or you know somebody who's educated by fit but you can benefit from some of the webinars and and some of the modules that they host for example with EDC, all of that is still the same information it's just perhaps it's not a you know a two term college degree it, but it is still something you can use. Not every organization needs it and you know there are you know we need thousands of people with CITP degrees as far as I'm concerned because how co- you know, how
1: come yeah, dive because medium
2: that. Size, medium-sized companies still need the expertise. They still mm-hmm. need the help. Um, let's face it, you know I could convince you to go into the UK and then the next question is now what? You no, know, no, hey, you know, here I am. I've got two percent growth coming out of the UK, and it seems to be a great idea. But now I've got, you know, even in the even in the EU, there are 27 countries in the EU. How are you going to decide which one is the the one that we're, you know gets the most focus? Do you have a distributor that does 10 countries versus one? There's a bunch of different things that require somebody to stand up and say, you know, let's build out the export plan now into a multi-country multi you know, omni-channel, whatever, whatever words you want to use, and try to figure out how we're going to go into multiple markets using different sales models, that, that takes a dedicated person that has that knowledge. And I think that medium-sized companies, even if you're in the ten to $15 million range in revenue, could use that type of expertise because right. they know that they do need to focus, especially if the product is international, if it's a software product that's hosted and that sits in the cloud, they're going to go international a lot faster than, say, for example, somebody that grows an apple. And now we got to figure out how to keep the apple fresh in a container. Yes. So there definitely is a need, I think, uh, for an awful lot of uh, support and assistance in a way that allows them to quickly bridge the gap between where do I go and how do I start to, OK, we've signed the agreement. I've changed my website. How do I sell? Yes. Because if that gap's too wide, the competition will step in and then they'll close the door on you. Yeah. Especially uh, you know, China. <laughs> well,
1: and, and that's, you know, this is when I hear, I mean, I'm, I'm a simplistic guy, I'm a cloud guy, and really. You know, you wouldn't go on an extensive, you know, year-long excursion to China without some type of detailed, proper planning with an expert to do that. And this is a journey people are going on, and there's all kinds of crocodiles and alligators and piranhas that can just, just, just consume them along the way. And I think that's, uh, you know, it's there's people like you who have gone through the appropriate training, and you organization, ChannelSpark, to do that. So I, I it's I don't want to undervalue you can or you cannot. I think you really do need to even if at the, the beginning you're just kind of exploring, ultimately you're going to need uh, somebody with your expertise in your organization to help them to do it. So the sooner you start the relationship, mm-hmm. the better it's going to be. Even if it's just simply a LinkedIn question to start the relationship, at least then you're uh, you're feeling comfortable that you're getting the right answer from the right expert.
2: Is that fair to say? Absolutely. I mean, we we sometimes we just plug into an organization. And we're just answering, you know, the needs in the moment. But then, yes. you know, three months later, we're, you know, kind of stepping back and going, right, <laughs> on your way. Yeah. And, and, you know, that, that is, uh, at least nowadays, it's a heck of a lot more common to find the ability to plug in an expert uh, into an organization rather than having to hire. Yes. Let's face it, it's going to be an expensive resource full time, yet they don't really have full time work. Right. You're only gonna figure out the first two countries, you get that done in the first week. <laughs> and then yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, how we change all the labels and then do the marketing is done in <laughs> the second week. And then you're sitting yes. there a month later going, So now what do I do? So yeah, now what sometimes do do, yeah, it, you know, it, 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 sometimes that's necessary for a lot of different reasons. But other times, especially when there's in a sense, there's a shortage of, of people that can just kind of put their hands up and say, Yeah, I can work mm. for one of 10,000 or 15,000 companies here in Canada. Right. You know, the, depending on where the, the, the company is, let's face it, sometimes there are shortages of, of different types of expertise in, in some even remote or rural areas of Canada. Uh, and now we're getting to that stage where we can do it all online and, you know, virtual, I, I think it's a fantastic opportunity. And that's another reason why I like FIT is, is yeah. that ability to be able to kind of offer the, the training from anywhere. Well, one of my professors was in Afghanistan. <laughs> nice, ah, nice. You nice. know, and talk about your, your live action <laughs> training program. You yes. know, so that, that, that to me kind of offers that at least, thank goodness, we're at a stage now where we can offer this advice remotely without having to go you know downtown to try to hire somebody that has this this you know extreme international knowledge and experience.
1: Mm, mm, I love it. Um we're talking to Greg Henderson. Greg is a CITP, which means a Certified International Trade Professional. And this conversation has been detailed. It's been epic. It's been ed- it's going to get adventurous in a sense because I got a cool question coming up. Uh, and he's the founder and president of Channel Spark. Before we continue on even more, how, is, do we get a hold of you through Channel Spark or do we go on LinkedIn? How I mean, because people are, and that's why I'm 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 kind of pausing through this to allow people the opportunity to get. To pen and paper because I know uh, it's important for them to
2: uh, connect with you. Greg, how does that happen? Well, we are, of course, online. We have a website, channelspark.com, all mm-hmm. one word. And uh, the program that we've developed that kind of gets uh, companies started with exporting is called Export Spark. So <laughs> you'll notice. How original the, that one was!
1: No, <laughs> oh, it was very. it's brand aligned,
2: and there's nothing wrong with brand I aligned. aligned. Um, <laughs> I, love and so I love it. So exportspark.com um, will at least give an overview of the program. Um, we we have just launched it, but we're now in the, in the process of being able to deliver it uh, live in person. If you're in in British Columbia, for example, or we can actually then work out a a one or a two part webinar. Where, you know, you're going through a lot of these things that I've just outlined in the podcast. Am I ready? What is, you know, what is my product doing uniqueness? But then I give you advice. So I'm going to review your website. I'm going to review your message. And then I'm going to review, you know, kind of where I think you should go and then feed that back to you as the starting point in your export plan. And I, I think that helps because it, it, it kind of gets over that whole, wow, you know, there's 100,000 yeah. websites I need to research. Yeah. Um, but here's an international expert saying you should probably start here <laughs> because, you know, people in this market love chocolate. Your product is chocolate. Go. Um, and then we hand them a kind of a two pagers you know, summary of what they've gone through. Um, You know, and it costs a little bit of money, but it's not, you know, uh, a six month degree program and it's not a massive consulting exercise. Any company that is kind of asking those questions, you know, am I ready and should I start? Where should I go? Uh, I believe we can help them. There are other resources. Absolutely. Especially EDC and FIT. But you certainly can come to us and, and ask any questions you want.
1: Well, there's uh, there's there's value in what it is you're offering. Therefore, it's an investment, not a cost. And I uh, I've been training entrepreneurs for a long time, and those that understand it get the value from it. Uh, Greg, I got to ask you this question: You have uh, worked with partners and staffs in over sixty countries.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What's what's your favorite? Because you said the word fun. little earlier in our conversation (laughs) what's the most fun country that you have done work with not necessarily lived in because you've lived in a few what's one of the most fun that you can say oh man i love working with those people
2: uh it it, it's funny because each country has that you know kind of different quality um but i'd have to say it's the scandinavians
1: Uh, ah that's that's, interesting
2: Finland, in particular, those, those guys are crazy, and I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, so but the Netherlands is, you know, they, they, it's, it's got so many good qualities to it and, you know, levels of education, willingness to, you know, consider Europe as a single market. And, and you know, and it, you, you end up hiring somebody that is understands the entire content, right? And they've mm-hmm. got that levels of education and combined. You know, so there's just a whole pile of, of, but they're fun. Oh, they're crazy. Yeah. Um, and you know, you can't, you can't do a trip to Amsterdam with a good partner without you know, coming out of it smiling and thinking, "Wow, you know what? That was so much fun. Let's do it again."
1: <laughs> uh, that's so awesome. And and uh, you know, I uh, well, I think I think it's important to have fun along the way. And uh, and I can tell by the tone of your voice, uh, Greg's not here with me, or we're looking at each other, but uh, I, that's so cool. I can I can feel the fun off of that. <laughs> take uh, take us home, my friend, uh, on this wonderful, very informative um, uh, conversation. And again. It's channelspark.com to get a hold of uh, Greg and his team. Um, take us home. What are some, fi- you know, what's, what's your final advice for entrepreneurs looking to go global?
2: Yeah, so I think it, it goes back to, again, the business plan and understanding, you know, what you're capable of um, and having a firm understanding of, you know, who's going to do this work for you and mm-hmm. whether you're ready. Um, so being ready is a combination of things. Uh, it's not that hard to look into your organization and say, are we full flat out, we're 14 hours a day right now, just taking care of our customers in British Columbia. Maybe you take a step back and, and you push off your, your exporting you know, for at least a little while until you resolve that conversely right. if you have you know domestic customers you have control over your capacity you're doing well your customers are loving you your websites you know functioning well you've you've you know been getting great feedback and in fact you have a couple of customers from international who are you know crazy enough to contact you and say yes let me buy that especially if it's a service That's when you're at, I think, a stage where you can say, you know what, we need to start looking at exporting because if I am in more countries and I'm earning revenue from different markets, I'm lowering my risk, I'm increasing my opportunity. And I think it takes homework. Yes, it takes some, you know, digging. It takes some, you know, research and definitely making sure that you understand the markets. But once you've done that, it's, you know, it's fun. And there's, you know, great opportunities for exporting. And I think that that a lot of companies in Canada are sometimes they sit there and they think, you know what, I'm not ready. And yeah. I disagree. I think yeah. they are ready. I think they just need to, you know, make sure that you're not trying to do the shotgun approach to 60 countries, which is yeah. going to suck up a lot of time and, yeah. and effort. And you just need to kind of flip that and say, where am I going to go that's going to have the best reception? And that tends to be, you know, just a bit of research and, and understanding of of who your customers are and where they are internationally.
1: I like to bring it back to the simplicities of life. You know, we go through school doing homework. So why should we think when we do business that we shouldn't have to do
2: homework? <laughs> so, yeah. Or, and here's here's an even better option, hire an expert to do it for you. That's uh, an even you know, better
1: one. Well, isn't it, doing, isn't it better doing homework with a buddy? <laughs> I yeah, think that's very
2: exactly. cool. Let um, me do everything for you. And then, you know, who knows? You might actually be ready to go in a couple months months and, and be very awesome. happy with it.
1: Well, I think it'd be smart of everybody who's listening in on this conversation to go to channelspark.com. Uh, Greg, are you on LinkedIn also?
2: I am. And it'll be Great. under ChannelSpark and Export Spark is also there.
1: It's been a real joy, my friend. I have learned a lot. I've had fun in this conversation. Um, I'm glad you're accessible for our Canadian startups, although we have uh, an audience around the world and uh, thousands and thousands of people are, uh, should have uh, learned a lot from this conversation. And uh, we really appreciate your time and keep on happening.
2: Okay. Well, listen, thank you very much for your time. It is certainly a fun subject to talk about as far as I'm concerned. I'm a bit biased, of course. Yeah. Well, look, 25 <laughs> years, I hope
1: it's fun for you at some point in time. Oh, so. yeah. But it, cool. it
2: never gets boring, that's for sure. There's always something new and something different on the horizon. So uh, thank you again. It's been a It's been a great conversation.
1: Thank you, sir. Best to
2: you. Bye for now. All right. Take care.
1: Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett, leaving you with the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern.